Well, aloha everybody. My name is uh, Gordon. I get to be the pastor here at Mission Church. And I would just want to welcome everyone to Palm Sunday today. Um, what a great day. It's a good day uh, on a good day to be here. I think that. And i um, so grateful for our preschool parents uh, and families that you guys are all here. I want to begin by telling you that um, when Evie was up here, she, she made a, a little uh, uh, slip when she said that 100% of one month's tuition, she meant to say 10%. <laughs> and, um, and I need to make that correction. So, but it's still like 130 bucks. And uh, if you want to snap that QR code and, um, and just give us your information just so we can contact you. We're not interested in, in bombarding you with anything. We really are here to build relationships and serve the community. And that's the only way we know how to do that. So if you'd like to get a shot at winning a uh, 10% off of your tuition, um, please uh, sign in on that QR code. And if you're not a part of the school and you sign in on that QR code, if you're the one that's selected, you get a $100 gift card from, uh, from the church to uh, a couple of places that we have. So anyway, just wanted to make sure that we started off clearly on that. If it's okay with you, could I um, ask you to bow your heads and just begin a prayer with me at uh, this time in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for our children Thank you for those who serve our children and teach our children. Thank you for our parents, Lord God, who love their children and, and that have brought them here to Mission Nazarene Preschool. That, uh, and, and we can celebrate this amazing day um, on Palm Sunday. That uh, today, Lord God, you would be glorified in our service. And in the time that we have afterwards to share in that meal, we're so excited for that. So bless this moment that we have as we look into your word and hear a message of Palm Sunday. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Again, welcome. So glad that you are here. Um, Palm Sunday is about, believe it or not, about a parade. And I don't know if you guys like parades, but I remember as a kid growing up in Hawaii, I loved parades. They'd have the Aloha Week Parade, and, and you know, I'd go on and sit on the street corner and watch all the floats go by. It was so much fun. And hopefully, on Monday, we'll find out if San Diego will have a parade. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Anybody by applause see the game last night? If you haven't, the reason San Diego State is in the national championship for their men's basketball team. Now, I'm not a San Diego State Aztec alumni. In fact, I'm from Hawaii, and we're actually rivals, but I'm really, really excited about San Diego State and the opportunity for them to win the national championship. And if San Diego State wins, I promise you there's going to be a huge parade here in San Diego, right? I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so... Going back to what we're looking at today, Palm Sunday. What is Palm Sunday about? Palm Sunday is about a parade. About the day that Jesus entered into Jerusalem with his disciples. And, and, and that was what we call the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It was a small parade, but it was a parade nonetheless. And it was such an important event that all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record 
Jesus' triumphal entry, this parade into Jerusalem. And I've asked Chuck Downing, who used to serve as a teacher here in San Diego for many years, was probably wearing his San Diego State uh, shirt, to, uh, to read the passage of Scripture of um, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Go ahead, Chuck. Class of uh, 72. So we're reading from Luke today, chapter 19, verses 28 to 42. After Jesus said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village. Ahead of you, and you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on it, and <clears throat> put Jesus on top. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now is hidden from your eyes. Amen. The reading of God's word. So, Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, and he is the center of this small parade that's coming into Jerusalem. He's riding a donkey that he had already uh, prepared, and he's surrounded by his disciples. And as he's entering into Jerusalem, just picture this, you know, this small crowd of people coming into Jerusalem and people just cheering him on. People taking off their cloaks and laying it on the ground and, and putting palm branches as Jesus walks on those things with the donkey and entering into Jerusalem. And they're shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And, um, and this small parade, right, it's, it's not very big, creates enough of a scene in Jerusalem that the Pharisees that are there, they get concerned and they yell out to Jesus, Teacher, they say, rebuke your disciples. And, and Jesus says, if I keep them quiet, the rocks will cry out. When, when, I, when I was growing up and I read this passage of scripture, I thought that the Pharisees, when they said, rebuke your disciples, that they were jealous of Jesus' growing popularity and what was happening. But there is another story that I, I've learned about why the Pharisees told Jesus to keep, their, uh, keep, keep his disciples quiet. It's because the Pharisees were afraid. They weren't afraid of Jesus, but 
the Pharisees were afraid of what was happening on the other side of the city. So let me just kind of explain to you what's going on here. Jesus and his disciples, right, they're coming into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Now, if you're not familiar, the Passover is a celebration that the Jews had to to almost, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's their Independence Day, right? They look back on the celebration of the Passover as their Independence Day. It's the story of God calling Moses to lead the people of, uh, of Israel out of being in bondage and slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And the story in the Bible in Exodus tells is this story where God calls Moses to lead the people out and God does his part and he sends 10 plagues onto Egypt. And each plague, things get worse and worse. And that was just to break Pharaoh's heart and his will to allow the people of Israel to leave, Jerusalem, uh, to leave Egypt. The 10th plague was the worst one. And it was the plague of the firstborn. And Moses told Pharaoh that it was going to happen that an angel will pass over all of Egypt and the firstborn child of, of livestock and people would perish. But Pharaoh wouldn't relent. And so Moses went back to the people of Israel and said, this is what God has told us to do. We're going to uh, prepare a lamb with bitter herbs and we're going to bake bread with no yeast because we don't have time. This needs to happen quickly. And then you take the blood that you had from the lamb prepared and you paint it over the door frames of your home. And when the angel passes over Egypt, all of the homes that were marked by the blood of the lamb will be spared. And then it all turned out and happened just as Moses said that it would. And because Egypt was not prepared, but the people of God were, the angel of the Lord passed over all of Egypt and all of the Jewish people were spared. This broke Pharaoh's heart because he was impacted by it. And he relented and allowed the people of Israel to leave being in bondage and slavery for 400 years. And they were freed. So this is, this is a big thing. This is their Independence Day. And they celebrate this every year. And so Jesus now is entering into Jerusalem and all of the Jews are almost ready to celebrate the Passover. Well, the reason this is important to know is because on the other side of the city, Pontius Pilate, who was the governor of Rome, he had um, plans to make sure these Jews, as they celebrate the Passover, that they don't get too excited about being independent. And so on the other side of the city, this is not recorded in the Bible, but it's recorded in the annals of history. That Pontius Pilate would have his own parade. And in his parade, he was flanked by all of the Roman soldiers and their weapons, by the chariots and their horses, and, and everything about the power and might of Rome was in this parade with Pontius Pilate. And so, coming in from divergent sides of the city, you have on one side a tiny little parade with Jesus and his disciples coming in. Jesus riding a donkey. And on the other side of the city is Pontius Pilate riding on his chariot with weapons of war flanked by all of his soldiers coming in 
as a show of force saying, hey Jews, listen, don't get too excited about your Passover because it's not happening. You're not going to get free from us. All of the Jews, when they saw Jesus coming in, what did they cheer? What did they shout? They said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And in the other gospels, they record a word that the Jews were shouting. And we sang the song earlier, right? Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That word Hosanna, that means save us. So they were all looking for Jesus to be their Messiah. And so as Jesus enters into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, everyone, all the Jews are thinking, here comes our new Moses. This is the guy that's going to liberate us out of Rome. He's going to break the bondage that we're facing now because Moses brought the people out of Egypt and out of bondage. And the people now are in bondage to Rome. And so they're seeing Jesus as the new Moses. He's going to bring us out. And they're so excited. They're shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us. Hosanna. The Jews were excited about a revolution that Jesus was about to start. Similar to the kind of revolution that Moses started in Egypt. Well, I want to just begin right now to just show you the message that I want to share with you today about the contrasting uh, parades that were entering into Jerusalem. On one side was Jesus. And you know what his parade was? It was a parade of peace, right? Jesus didn't come in with any military fanfare All he had was his disciples who were, as we know, fishermen and tax collectors. (laughs) And Jesus was a carpenter. On the other side was a parade of power, which is in direct contrast of the parade of peace. This parade of power had chariots and weapons and soldiers. And it it was just a show of great force. And... When the Pharisees said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They said that because they were afraid of the military force that was on the other side of the city. They knew that if the Romans caught wind of Jesus coming in and that they're hailing a new king, they would just turn their forces right on the Jews and wipe them all out. That's why the Pharisees said, Rebuke, rebuke your disciples. They were afraid of what, uh, what would happen if the Romans found out that Jesus, the new king, was coming in. And so here you have this contrast of Jesus' peace that he came to bring and the Roman power that, that Pontius Pilate came to bring. And you know, I want you guys to know something. That there is something kind of attractive about power, isn't there? Power has, is a great temptation for people. Even now, in our world today, as you watch the news, especially in this political season, it just seems like everyone has a lust for more and more power. And, and what does that lead to, right? It, it, it doesn't lead to the very things 
that I sincerely believe we all in here are looking for in our lives. And so, the contrast that we find on Palm Sunday is the contrast of what Jesus brings, which is a peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and the power that is that is exemplified by Pontius Pilate and his parade that comes into Jerusalem and, and something that is so tempting for everyone to want in their own lives. And, and, and when you look at the difference between what Jesus has to bring, Jesus, the peace that he, ca- he came to bring, began when he was born, right, as a king. When Jesus was born, was he born in a palace? No. He was born in a barn. And was he placed in a golden crib? No. He was placed in a manger. And for those of you who are not familiar with the word manger, that's a feeding trough for animals. That's what Jesus was placed in. Was he, was he robed with fine linens? Nope. Strips of cloth is what the Bible says. And did the governors and kings come to visit him? Nope. Shepherds from the field, the lowest of the low. This, this humble, humble life that Jesus was brought into is the same life that he continued to live. And every time that Jesus did great things and people said, this is our guy, let's, let's give him power so he can lead us. Jesus refused that power every time. And instead, to those who wanted to make him king, he offered them his peace. And then we find at the end of our passage today that Chuck read for us. It says this in verses 41 and 42. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known this day, what would bring you peace? But now it's hidden from your eyes. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he knew that they wanted him to be a powerful king because power is so tempting. They wanted Jesus to overthrow Rome. Instead, Jesus came to bring God's peace and to free people, not from Rome, but from their own sin and their life. And it's so easy to read the story year after year and see the palm branches and the kids singing and miss this important message that we're sharing today. It's easy to get caught up with the crowd and the parade and miss the message of Jesus riding in, not on a stallion, but on a donkey. But to start a revolution, not by power or violence, but by capturing hearts through a message of peace. So this is the message of Palm Sunday. And I want to ask you this really important question. What do I need today? Ask yourself that question. What do I need today? Do I need more power? Or do I need more peace? Because that's what Palm Sunday is all about. Power may get you places, right? It could Get more power, and, and, and if you want that, you probably know where to go and find it. 
But if you want peace, if, if, if you come to the place in your life where you say, I'm not sure if I need any more power, but man, I could sure use some peace, then I want you to know you've come to the right place. Yeah. Because at the foot of the cross is where you'll find the peace that Jesus came to bring. And I pray that we can take the peace that Jesus brings and open our hearts to receive that today. And that our lives would be beautiful reflections of that peace that Jesus came to bring. And I love what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. I'll close out with this passage of Scripture because it highlights what Jesus came to bring and, and where Jesus ended up. And, and as we go through Holy Week, may this passage of Scripture be one that, we can, that resonates in your heart and life. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. And he says this, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Well, the translation that you have here is, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of that as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus didn't reach for power. Instead, right, he humbled himself and became a servant. Right, taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and be found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the start of Jesus' revolution. A revolution that's, that's continuing to this very day. In fact, recently they just made a movie about it, The Jesus Revolution. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. But man, was that powerful. And so, please join us during this Holy Week. As we enter this Holy Week, we will have services on, on Wednesday morning at 6.30, a prayer service here. I know it's early for some people, but uh, boy, I tell you what, it's so good. And then on Friday, we'll have a Good Friday service. We're actually having a memorial service for Jesus. If you've never been a part of something like that, it's going to be pretty cool. And then come back and join us on Easter Sunday morning when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. And on that day, it's going to be so amazing. Um, I don't want to give it away, but it's not going to be like any Easter service you've ever been a part of. In fact, um, in the benediction, you'll hear a little bit more about it. So today, what I'd love to do is just close in a word of prayer and then we're going to continue in our service. But would you bow your heads with me and, and join me in this word of prayer? Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And Lord God, help us. Help us to, to stop seeking power. Instead, help us to seek the peace that passes all understanding, that guards our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. And in this, this time where we're praying for peace, Lord God, would you reconcile us with you? Would you reconcile the relationship that we have with you? And in doing so, God, would you help to reconcile the relationships that we have with one another? And we need your peace to share with those around us, God, so that real peace can take place in our lives. And you are the source of that. 
Would you be our peace today? Would you be our Savior? And I pray that you be our Lord as well. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.